Welcome to your Life by Design podcast, the show that will have you seeing how magical you truly are so you can start designing a desired and fulfilled life. Hi, I'm Karen Galway, a certified human design reader, a 6-3 manifesting generator, and an energetic embodiment coach who is completely obsessed with helping you step out from your shadows and leap into your light. And in true 6-3 manifesting generator form, this podcast will not just be about human design, but rather the tools you need to call in the desires in all areas of your life. View it as your tool book, not your rule book. Take what resonates and leave what doesn't. This podcast is for the women who are ready to become paradigm shifters, subconscious mind wizards, and healers of their own life. They are ready to rediscover themselves so that they can fully show up as who they came here to be and live a life by their design. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back. We are going to dive into fears today. Just really start breaking them down. What are they? Why do we have them? How do we move through them? One thing to know is that we will always have fears. Like, I don't think they'll ever get to a point when you don't have a fear. What ends up happening is you end up having tools to use to be able to work through your fears, but you'll always have them. They may not come as often when you get to a point of pure embodiment of who you're meant to be, but they will still be there. So let's backtrack a little bit and talk about what fears are. In my opinion, fears are a nervous system response, so a mind-body response to something that's happening that goes against your belief system. Something that's happening that is questioning your quote-unquote safety, your perceived safety. And in order to understand that, we kind of have to go back even further and talk about beliefs and how beliefs are even formed. So you may or may not know that your identity is essentially formed within the first seven years of your life. It is based on conversations that you've heard, you know, watching your parents talk, how they interact at TV shows, radio shows, what teachers have said, cultural expectations, societal expectations. Like there's a lot that comes in together that creates this identity. And that's what you attach yourself to. So any conversations that your parents had around money or experiences around money will help shape your perception of money, your belief system on money. And same thing about relationships or whatever. Basically, your core beliefs are formed during these first seven years. And it creates this filter. And it, what, we, what is known as your reticular activating system. So it creates this filter. And then what ends up happening is you go out throughout life having this filter and it scans, because that's what the reticular activating system does. It scans your environment to pull in evidence to confirm this filter. Otherwise, we would go insane with the amount of information that's coming at us. So in order for our brain to like only focus on what's relevant to us and not focus on, I don't know, like the sound of like the dishwasher happening, you know, a floor below you or whatever. Like there's so much information out there and the only way to really keep us sane is our reticular activating system only focus on what's relevant. That relevancy is filtered through our belief system right? And it's the same thing. We've all heard this example before, or we all had this experience before where we're thinking of a car, we're looking at a car, and all of a sudden we see that car everywhere. And it's not just because that this car all of a sudden 
is being produced more and it's being produced more in your neighborhood and all of a sudden it's like more in our neighborhood it's just our reticular activating system is now scanning for it because that's what the what is on our mind right so we have this belief system and we go out throughout life and we have this evidence that further confirms this belief system and then we end up really anchoring into it and so anything that comes at us or any belief system that comes at us or anything that comes up to us that does not meet that belief system essentially gets denied it doesn't even like we either it either doesn't make it to our conscious mind right like our our reticular activating system doesn't even allow it to breach our conscious mind so we don't even notice it or our body like full-on rejects it right like our heart races and we start having these beliefs of how it's not possible because it it questions our very existence for the most part, this belief system that we're born into. Now, before I go any further with this, I'm going to take it like another direction slightly. You know, we often hear the expression that you're born as a clean slate. And in this theory, or not even theory, but like in this example that I gave about how your identity is formed within the first seven years, takes into account that you're, you're kind of born with this clean slate. I don't believe that you are born as a clean slate as people think you are or people might say that you are. I believe that we are born in with hardwired belief system that's built into our DNA. So that's built into the epigenetics. I believe that we carry in generational trauma that's been on our lifeline for however many lifelines or lifetimes. I also believe that we have lessons that we are meant to learn on the soul journey. And because of that, in order for those lessons to be learned, we're basically coming in with the belief system because we have to be able to challenge that belief system to learn our lesson. That's, that's my belief. And so let's talk about epigenetics a little bit. So epigenetics is basically the study of alterations that happen to our DNA that doesn't necessarily, like the DNA structure doesn't change. It's just like a switch that turns on or off within that DNA structure. And I first learned about epigenetics when I was at a seminar course for speech therapy and I had seen Dr. Tina Bryson, I think is her last name. She co-authored the book, Whole Brain Child. And I was there to learn more about how to work with children who are very emotional and how to be able to help them support their processing when they're just not in a state of processing. Because when you are, and we notice this ourselves, like when we are frantic, when we're being triggered, we can't really process that information. We need to be able to get to a neutral state. And so how to, this is all about how to recognize that and understand how the brain works and how to work with children and get them to do what you want them to do or, or you know, teach them or parent them or whatever when they can't necessarily process any of that information. And within that course, she talked about epigenetics, specifically about an example how, I can't remember what town it was or, or where it was, but it was like a hundred years ago, there was this community where there was a lot of flooding and a lot of people drowned and it was just an awful catastrophic event that happened. And they followed the family members of like multiple generations later. It might have been more than 100 years. It would have had to have been with multiple generations. Like they they follow these people. And I think like three or four generations later, these people were having fear of water 
that could not have been explained. They, they themselves did not drown. They never necessarily heard the story about it happening, but it was built in their into their DNA, this, this fear of water. And that's the power of epigenetics. You take two identical children who have the exact same DNA and one child might be diagnosed with autism and then the other child not, like how can we explain that? Epigenetics is what explains it. So it's this switch that can turn on or off. And I think it's like an imprint. I look at it as like an imprint onto your DNA. And so traumatic events that happened in our past on our lifeline could be imprinted into our DNA and then that can kind of lead into the, some of these fears that we've had. In the fear, the example that I just provided would be like the fear of water. I also believe in karmic debt that gets placed on our lifeline. I also believe that we have a purpose, a soul's purpose in this lifetime, and if we don't fulfill that purpose, if we don't fulfill that lesson, it does get passed on to the next generation, to the next incarnation of the soul. And the more incarnations that happen without that lesson being learned, the bigger and stronger the lessons can be. And so so we take this fear that we have and we look at it like it's either you know, a belief system that we're raised around or something that we came in, built into our DNA coming into this. And then we have this reticular activating system that creates this filter. And then we go out throughout our life just constantly finding evidence to confirm what we believe. And we never really challenge it, but unless, until we do, and then our, then our whole body freaks out. And so this freak out, this body freak out that we have, like this like reaction to this fear is really our ego that's trying to keep us safe right? Our ego is like, this is not, this is not safe for us. The last time this happened, like I felt really awful when it happened and we're not going to go down this road again. And so any resemblance of this happening, is like your, all these alarms go off to tell you not to do it. And really the only way, well, I'm not gonna say it's the only way because I, I don't know that for sure, but I believe one of the ways, one of the big ways to really quiet that fear is to immerse yourself in it, is to start regulating your nervous system around it and even starting to quiet that fear, quiet the ego that's screaming at you. And so we'll talk about that in a few minutes, but according to Dr. Nicola Perla, who wrote the book, Do the Work, and she's also known on Instagram as a holistic psychologist, had said, we are not wired for change and we will face resistance from our mind and body. And so basically we're running on this autopilot, right? This function of conditioning, what we're raised around the belief system that we had, then this, this evidence that's coming in to confirm what, we, what our belief system is. And then anything that challenges it, we will face resistance. So I wanna bring in one other a way that I see fear show up or to kind of know what our fears are is through human design. So in human design, we have what's called fear gates. And a lot of those fear gates reside in your spleen. So if you look at your human design chart and you have a defined spleen, you are gonna have some activated gates in there. And those gates give you some insight to what some of your fears are. And depending on where that gate shows up in your chart, it could be a really, big lesson that you need to learn. So for example, I did a reading with someone who was a coach 
And she had these fears of wanting to go out on her own. Like she had, she wanted to go out on her own and separate from this company where this company was giving her clients. And she wanted to just separate from the client or the company altogether to be able to just be completely independent and have her own clients on her own. Even though she has had clients on her own, she had this fear that if she were to walk away, she wouldn't be able to get them. And I was trying to understand where this fear was coming from because she already had the evidence that she can do it because she was already bringing in clients. And then when I looked at her chart, she had gate 44 activating. Gate 44 is all about, the fear of gate 44 is the fear of your past coming back and like patterns of the past, like something in your past coming back and like holding you back. So you don't move forward because you just don't want to repeat what happened in the past. And it was also in her undefined earth center. So that had a pretty big major role in her life. Like your sun and earth signs are, not her earth center, her earth sign. Sun, her, your sun and earth signs play a really big role. And your sun sign, your conscious sun sign makes up 70% of your energy, your human design energy. So those four, like the conscious sun and earth and, and the unconscious sun and earth. So those four gates play a really big role in your life, depending on what gates being activated in that. So she had this fear. So I wanted to dive in a little bit more because I knew it played a big role for her. And I had asked her where, like, the, I had asked her, you have this fear of patterns of the past. And does that resonate with you? And what ended up happening, you can actually see this on my Instagram. I made a reel out of it, just like a, a clip from the the Activate Intensive that we had and posted on Reel on Instagram, is that she was in a cult when she was younger and of course with cults from what I know about them is you're highly rewarded for following what you're supposed to be doing like falling in line and you're penalized when you go against what is required of you and what we end up seeing was that there was a comparison between this company that she was staying with because it provided security but it provided security in a very jarring way like they would send her clients, but her pay, how much she, money she would make, would be based on how this client would rate her. And we all know if we've ever worked with a therapist or a coach, like some sessions are a doozy because you're diving deep. So if this person's perception that, you know, this was a really hard session, I didn't like what was talked about, and when they did a review, didn't give her the review that she was worthy of, that would like impact how much money she would get paid for that session. Compared to someone who thought she was amazing and would like give her a five-star review and said she was excellent, then that would that would give her a higher pay. And even if someone, which is crazy, even if someone thought she was excellent and gave her a five-star review, but in the review said she was only good, like use the word good, they're like there were certain words that they had to use that would equate with a higher pay. So like excellent would give you a higher pay versus good, right? And so there, if she was performing at a certain way that she was supposed to be performing, she would get rewarded. And if she wasn't performing the way that was expected of her, she wouldn't get rewarded. And I saw a lot of similar patterns to being in a cult. And so we worked through that. And she was able to see this and then realize it was more work to, to be done about it. But, and again, awareness is a big part of human design, bringing awareness of where you need to shine the light on so you know what needs to be transmuted. And so human design can give you a lot of insight to how fear show up in your life is basically where I'm going with this. And a lot of times when we have fears in our life, right, we're scared of something happening, we go into control mode. 
And when we go into control mode, what we do is we grip our claws around something because we don't want anything to change, right? Like I am so scared that, um, I'm so scared, for example, that I'm not going to make enough money. So I am going to penny pinch and not have any fun and just worry and obsess over what might happen, right? And then when we when we grip into these fears, our whole entire frequency shrinks. Like our the vibration of our very being lowers. And if, you know, we all know, I would imagine if you're listening to this, that all about, you know, law of attraction. And I don't want to go into too much about that because I think there's just, there's so much about law of attraction. Like law of attraction is only one aspect and there's so much more beyond law of attraction. I mean, law of attraction is important to know, but there's so much more. So I'm not going to go into it because I have to talk about it. I need to talk about law of attraction as it relates to all the other universal laws. But law of attraction says, you know, like attracts like. And so when you are in this hunkered down grips on holding onto something because you're scared of what might happen, your frequency lowers and then you become an energetic match for what for that. And if you're saying things that you don't want to happen, all you're putting in there is this idea and feeling of what it's like to for that not to or for that to happen. Like I don't want to I I don't want to put any weight on. And all you can think about would what it would be like if you put weight on because that's what you don't want. So it's all you're thinking about it, right? And so you're you're becoming this energetic match for the very thing that you don't want. Instead, with our fears, it's better to release that resistance, right? And so how do we release that resistance? And I have a really good example of this in a little bit, but how do we release it? Nervous system regulation is gonna be your best friend. And so whenever you are having these fears come in, go for a walk, journal, do cord cutting, do various things to regulate your nervous system, and then even write out what your fear is. So I am afraid I'm gonna put on all this weight if I, I don't know, if I stop working out for a month. And then can the opposite be proven true? Like, are there people out there who stopped working out for a month and did not gain weight, right? And so you challenge it by looking and seeing what is out there. So when you look at these beliefs, you're looking at 100% truth, right? So gravity is 100% truth, right? Gravity can be proven on earth. Like anytime you test it, it'll be proven. It doesn't matter who's doing it, adult or child or scientist or whatever, it's being proved, it can be proven 100% of the time. Now, with this belief system, can that be proven 100% of the time? Usually, no, because there's usually someone out there who's proven otherwise. So then there's your evidence that it can't be proven. So you have this belief system, you have this fear, and then you challenge it by, by looking for the evidence to challenge it. Like if you were in a court of law, could this be proven? Can this belief system or this fear be proven in a court of law? No. It's all a reflection of our own belief system. And we change our own belief system through nervous system regulation, through embodiment work, through rewriting what we want this belief system to be, right? And so the example I wanted to provide in terms of like how we, our fears can keep us from playing small is that when we, again, when we grip down on our fears and we grip down on this resistance and we keep thinking about things that we don't want, we literally are not making any space for things that are lying to come in. 
There's no room for it. We're freaking out. We're stressed out. Like we're not making any room. If you were to picture your hands, right? Like gripping down. There's no, and you have like a fist in your hands and that represents like how much you're gripping onto something. There's no room for anything to get into your hands. But if you ease up the resistance, ease up the grip, you're now making space for other things to come in. And so I had an assistant that I had hired and I had to hire this assistant because we wanted group insurance for our family. My husband was working for a company that it was a startup, so they didn't have insurance, but they were giving us a stipend to go towards insurance. And so at the time we were having a private plan and it just wasn't covering much. We were desiring to have better insurance. And so I reached out to our insurance broker and she said, well, if you hire an assistant, you can actually be qualified for group insurance. So we decided to do that, hire this person. And it was just some random person who was, you know, it was a very unique situation, right? And so I had hired someone in the neighborhood who was in agreement, she knew exactly why I needed an assistant because it were they were it was for the most part things that I could do on my own. And it was a way for me to just, okay, let me offload this to her and then I can show that I have an assistant and you know all this stuff. So I ended up hiring her. It was really challenging because she didn't know anything about the software. She didn't really know much about how the billing was done. And so it ended up creating a lot more work for me. And I was seeing all kinds of mistakes along the way that I had to fix, do it myself, or tell her about. And I was afraid to let her go because of this insurance. It was like I was holding on to this fear because I was afraid of what was going to happen. And it got to a point where I'm like, I can't, I can't, this is so stressful. It's taking time away from me. Like, this is ridiculous. So I end up letting her go. And I had no idea what was going to happen. I figured, I'll just figure it out. And that day or the next day, it was very quick. I was put in contact with this person who does do billing, the type of billing that I needed to be done. And I end up hiring her and she was perfect. And there was no way I would have been able to find her if I kept on to this fear of like, I need to hold on to something. So I feel like sometimes when you let something go, even though you don't know what's going to happen and all your fears are just like freaking out at you, it will lead to more space, more aligned action. So in summary, what I want to say and wrap things up, I feel like I went into a bunch of different directions in this episode, like talking about epigenetics and karmic debt and, you know, nervous system regulation. But in summary, what I want to do is tie it all together with this. You have a belief system that is either supporting you or not supporting you. And everything that comes into your life will be a reflection of that belief system. And when things don't meet that belief system, it either doesn't make it to your conscious mind, or if it does, you may have a nervous system dysregulation with it. And so first, it's important to recognize what those fears are. What are you afraid of? And is that fear a reflection of this belief system? And if it is, how can you rewire this belief system? And how can you rewrite this fear that you can challenge it? And by doing all that, you ease up any resistance or grip you have to make space for something that's more aligned. So that was like this 20 minute talk that was wrapped into like this 30 second summary, but that's basically it. The last thing I will lead you with is also from Dr. Nicola Perla, who says, 
running on autopilot as a function of our condition. So when we decide not to be on autopilot and we start to become more intentional with what we're doing, we might run up against this congruency with our programming and our conditioning. And that's when we need to take a deeper look as to what are we believing and what do we want to believe. All right, that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I want to talk more on this later down the road. But until then, if you liked what you heard, please take a screenshot of this episode, share it on Instagram, tag me, and then I will actually go ahead and share with you a guide that I created just for you on how to interpret your own human design chart, that you can walk through this and figure out what the different aspects of the human design chart. All right, I'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. I understand how valuable your time is and I'm honored that you spent it with me. And if you enjoyed this podcast episode, I would love it if you could leave a five-star rating as well as a review on Apple Podcasts. This just takes a few minutes, but it would mean so much to me as I work to get my message out to the world. And as a thank you for your support, if you screenshot this podcast episode, post it on Instagram stories and tag me at I am Karen Galway. I will send you a free guide to understanding your human design so that you can start living a life by your design. I'll see you on the next episode.